It's July and you guys know exactly what time it is. It's that time of the year where we go into shops and try to find the perfect bathing suit that fits us the most and doesn't show off much of our wobbly and not flat tummies that we've been letting grow over Christmas and over quarantine so that we can show off a beautiful, stunning model body at the beach in August. This is the time of the year where body positivity activists are the most active because it's a time of the year where loving your body is the biggest of problems. But nobody really wants to listen to these body positive activists. Why is that? And what do these body positive activists want in the first place? In this episode, we'll be talking about exactly this. And at the end of this episode, you might want to start loving your body as it is. Listen along. Hello everyone and welcome to Overreacting the Podcast. I'm your host Michelle Ceriso and every week we overreact to important topics regarding intersectional feminism. This week it's body positivity here and everywhere because it's a very important topic, very relevant, something that every human being on this planet, regardless of gender, regardless of race, an issue that everyone has. So why not talk about it since it's perfectly on time it's almost the end of July and, you know, the beach are starting to open again and we'll be able to travel again in summer. So it's time to think about what to wear. And that for a lot of people is a huge problem. And it shouldn't be. I am a body dysmorphic without the dysmorphic. I am a bulimic without the sick. I am fat. Firstly, what is the body positivity movement in the first place? The body positivity movement is a movement that is basically fighting for the acceptance of your own body, regardless of how much you weight, what size you have, and what shape your body presents. So it's basically self-love, spreading some love for your own body, which does so much for you. And it has grown in the past years, mostly because of social media, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's look at the history behind the body positivity movement. So this movement started like, I would say almost every second or third wave time of any movement started in this time period, and that is the 1960s. In 1965, there was this young engineer called Bill Fabray, who during over time noticed how people treated his wife, who is overweight, how they treated her unfairly. And he thought it was very unfair that they treated her like that and differently from him. And so he started raising awareness on this issue by spreading an article which had been written by Lou Lauterbach a few years before about um, also about the unfair treatment of fat people in the US. So Bill decided to spread this in order to raise awareness in his community and everything. And he, alongside with other people who he's gathered through his uh, information, he found the National Association to Aid Fat Americans. In short, the organization is called NAAFA. And up to now, it's the longest running fat rights organization in the world. Pretty cool, if you ask me. Um, I did not know that the body positivity movement goes that far back, 
but that just shows how much we don't know about this incredible movement. Now, after this association was founded, also some feminists from California who were fighting for uh, female rights joined the movement since uh, this oppression, so the discrimination against fat people, had intersections with female oppression in society because of like the beauty standards, so the expectation of being skinny was an oppression on is still also an oppression of women having to fit a certain image that was expected by society and so a lot of feminists joined the movement and uh, they strived for fat liberation in the law as well as society. Now these activists from this movement were very much inspired by the civil rights movement who was also very active during those times but the interesting thing is that at first the fat liberation movement excluded marginalized people. So people of color weren't very welcomed in this movement because people thought that marginalized people were more accepting of fat people. Which was It's very interesting to think that they were inspired by the civil rights movement but weren't very welcoming of people of color or any people from marginalized groups. Then in the 1980s, the movement spread to Europe, all around the globe. It went viral, if you want to say that. And once it arrived in London, there some people founded the Fat Women's Group, where people also fought for feminism as well as uh, fat liberation, which basically intersected with each other, so intersectional feminism. And more and more people joined the fight becoming more and more aware of these issues and also started taking this matter into the street in front of the White House and once the media developed into you know a more accessible advertisement they also used the media to spread this new fight against fat phobia and this movement of fat liberation. Then in the early 2000s, that's when I was born and probably some of you too, the movement moved online because now phones developed and the internet was developed more and more. And so the activists decided to build this community, so the community of, of the movement. They wanted to build it up digitally so that more people could have access to information regarding this issue. And uh, so the word was spread easier. The new generation, so the Gen Z, made it become the body positivity movement. So they changed the name from fat liberation movement to body positivity movement. And now it's mostly focused on disability activism. So putting as many bigger models and not only skinny white models out there and, you know, publicizing also different sizes of bodies in the media and creating hashtags and taglines like love your body, big bodies are beautiful to spread awareness and spread some love and acceptance for these people who were never taken into consideration because they didn't fit the image of the beauty standards. And now, unlike in the 60s, this movement is mostly led by marginalized people. So even though they started off with excluding them, they became now the fighters at the front. Because I'm fat. Tamika, hey, you've got something everybody wants. You've got talent, girl. You have an incredible singing voice, and I'm not just saying that. You know who else has a weight issue? Who? Me. Why aren't you on a diet? Because I like to eat. Is that such a crime? 
sounds like a cool movement and a cool development of how this movement became what it is now. And it's interesting to see how it's so spread in the media. But sadly, there is still a lot of criticism surrounding this movement. And this criticism mostly comes in form of the sentence that it's the glorification of obesity since being fat is unhealthy and this movement is basically a denial of science since it's scientifically proven that the more fat you are, the more unhealthy you are. And that fat creates diabetes, hypertension and can lead to infertility, can lead to higher rates of heart attacks and, you know, a lot of more healthy risks because you are overweight or obese and from these affirmations people are very against the movement because they don't see the point of glorifying the overweight body if it's unhealthy and whatever and we're going to become like the people at the end of Wally on that spaceship we're going to become clumps of mass and we'll be living only on electronic devices etc there is many more criticisms in many forms but what they all have in common is that they are based on the assumptions created by diet culture. Now, I didn't raise a victim or a quitter. I raised a star. You have control over your life and your body. And you are thin and beautiful. But you won't stay that way unless you fight for it. So, starting now, we are on a strict new diet. Diet culture. Let's talk about it, shall we? You'll be now like, diet what? I'm starting my diet on Monday. Does it have to do anything with that? Yes, it does actually. Diet culture is the basis of the fat liberation movements. The way the patriarchy is the basis of feminism that's diet culture to the body positivity movement because diet culture is a set of beliefs and myths especially that being thin or skinny equals to being healthy so literally exactly the criticism that is imposed against this movement eating a certain way will lead to the correct body so a healthy body and size which can be attained through determination and willpower, meaning diets. So if you're determined to do a diet, you will manage to achieve obtaining a healthy body. Now you'll be thinking, yes, but that's how it's always been and it's what I've been taught, right? It should be correct. Only because it's normalized doesn't mean that it's right. It means that people have learned to accept that and have made it become normal, even though it shouldn't be normal. And why shouldn't it be normal? Where number one is because it's imposing white beauty ideals onto people and trying to make them achieve a goal that is impossible for some, labeling it as health. So it's a fuel for people to diet endlessly and change their way of eating and living completely just to fit the ideals of the patriarchy, basically. But the problem with diet culture is that it's so ingrained in our brains that it's so hard to realize it is ingrained in us. We grow up hearing and learning about diets. We grow up hearing people say, I'm going to be dieting tomorrow. Or we've heard some people say, my New Year's resolution is to lose weight. And with that, the fear of being judged by others is ingrained with it. 
because you're willing to change the way you eat normally in order to not be judged by others to fulfill an expectation by others because dieting has become a normal thing to do and the main argument that people bring up when talking about a challenging body positivity activists is always the argument of science science says that obesity is the cause of this disease and obesity causes this problems and that problem you know it doesn't facilitate this anymore it makes it harder for people to walk and to mobilize themselves uh, and everything else that you've probably heard you can probably come up with um, examples in your head because you've definitely heard some before the thing with this is that the arguments the science argument can also be tilted and people don't know that being able to tilt the argument of science is basically proof that the scientific proof that diet culture is healthy is completely wrong bitch because let's analyze at some examples first i found that many epidemiological studies so studies that study diseases etc say that obese people so overweight people have the same mortality risk as average weight people so that argument kachoom it's gone people who are overweight are not more at risk of dying as average weight people so the body mass indicator is like average and also uh, specifying on elderly people who are the age group which makes up for 70% of deaths in the whole world in their case it's also the same also there is no evidence for obesity being a reason or the cause of a higher mortality rate it doesn't bring to a higher mortality rate talking about specific diseases so generally diseases being caused by obesity it is also shown that obese people suffering from chronic diseases like diabetes type 2 are more likely to even live longer than average weight people. So I didn't go more scientifically in it, but I found it on a reliable source page. And it just shows like if you're obese, you're not more likely to die. You are even more likely to live longer because you have more mass in your body and have more proteins, etc. Talking about things like diabetes, the myth says that Increased food consumption is the main cause of diabetes since it increases the fat storage and then the insulin is not able to process everything and it stops processing it, etc. and that. But it doesn't work that way actually. Because in reality, diabetes is a product of simply an underlying metabolic disturbance of the body. So the cells that are supposed to recognize insulin themselves in order to lower the sugar in the blood don't work themselves. So it doesn't really have to do anything with your fat storage before the cells stop working. It's a problem in the body that causes the cells to stop working. And then it comes to increase of fat storage because the body cannot regulate the distribution of carbs. So obesity is a consequence of diabetes, but it's not a cause. And that difference is very important when talking about this. Also, in case of heart attacks, a lot of people assume that the more weight you have, the more the risk of you having a heart attack is higher. And that also can be defeated with the same argument as diabetes. It's associated with it. 
being obese itself doesn't increase the risk of getting a heart attack or a heart disease or whatever. Another thing that I found, which was very, very interesting, is that diets are not really meant to work for long-term weight loss. And on top of that, that diet, on the other hand, of helping you become more healthy, it even increases psychological stress and cortisol production. Cortisol is a stress hormone, so it increases stress. And with this increases the disease risk because the more you're stressed, the more you're constantly stressed of wanting to eat the correct things and doing sports at this time and dieting just makes you more stressed because you have the pressure of wanting to fit in with uh, other people who also diet since it's a normal thing to do and the pressure of wanting to look a certain way. So there is a negative argument for dieting right there. And you see like the arguments that it's a scientific fact that we're supposed to diet can be defeated where they are same arguments if you look well enough on the internet or anywhere. They are there, only that people are so gotten used to the idea of diets that they don't really know that it's not supposed to be that way. And um, knowing the other side of the whole story. Mercedes. This is healthy. Chicken breast in a salad, dressing on the side. You have a week to lose 10 pounds. It's like having to lose one of my butt cheeks. Look at what I'm eating. Peeled celery. And for breakfast, I had Splenda. Look, Mercedes, now that we're cheerleaders, we're finally part of the in crowd. We have a place at the table. We don't have to beg underneath for scraps of attention. Don't screw it up. But how has it come to it being normalized? Well, it has become normalized through ads that were selling weight loss products, diet programs, exercise equipment, just to make you consume that and want to fit in with the rest doing the same. It's a vicious cycle. So the companies themselves have been fueled by diet culture to sell these products in order to fuel diet culture even more and make money for themselves because, you know, diet sells since it's normal to do. And um, it increases like the sale of sugar-free Coke or low-carb alternatives just to encourage the people to embark on diets. Maybe for even for people who never thought of doing a diet, now seeing that others do it, they have the pressure, the peer pressure to do it as well. Also clothing stores. Clothing stores reinforce the whole thing more by barely promoting and selling bigger sizes of clothing since they also go from the assumption that skinny equals healthy. And this is how diet culture is ingrained even more and more into our brain. And that is what leads us to say things like, I'll be start dieting on Monday by making us justify what we eat. So explaining like, yeah, I didn't eat, I didn't eat much sugar today, so I'm allowed to eat that bar of chocolate so that we don't get judged by others. And that leads us to eroding our self-worth in size, body shape. We compliment others on their size and weight as well and say like, oh, you look so fit, girl. Oh, have you lost weight? We compare our bodies to others and we worry about our beach body and worry about whether we're going to look fit enough or if we don't, then people are going to think, oh, they really don't want to make an effort to look good. And so we get judged by them because they don't know they're being influenced by the bloody diet culture. Oh, and the one that's the least apparent of them all, but the most normalized of them all, is the teen phase of self-acceptance. 
it has become a phase for you know teenagers struggling with their body image it's like when you ask your parents or any adult they say yeah i was struggling with how i look yeah when i was a kid i was thought i was ugly and i didn't like my body that much and you know typical teenager face we call it a teen face of self-acceptance as if it's like something everyone has to go through. So this shows that diet culture is not only there without us noticing. It shows that diet culture also is made harmless. We notice the consequences of it, but we always label it as if it's part of life to suffer from diet culture. And it leads to all these consequences that we shouldn't have to go through because of something that was imposed on us by society. Why do we have to suffer from mental health problems? Why can't we love ourselves? Why is it a problem for us to be confident? Why do we have to be lacking self-confidence in order to fit in? Or why do we have to struggle with poor body image? Why can't we look in the mirror and say, you're so stunning, girl. Today you look, oh girl, you look pretty, honey. Or why, why do we have so much body dissatisfaction and suffer from body dysmorphia, which for those who don't know, it's basically a disorder where you feel uncomfortable with displaying or just having some parts of your body because you think they're just ugly and not pretty enough to show to the world. You're insecure about very much that it's become like an obsession in brackets to cover it up. Or also another thing like eating disorders. Why do we have to let so many people go through eating disorders that can be life-threatening for the people, be it anorexia nervosa or bulimia nervosa? Why do we need to let them go through? Why can't we stop diet culture at its roots and prevent so many lives from leaving this world because of a stupid social construct? These are called fingers. Just stick them in your pie hole and bingo. You're magically supermodel thin forever. I don't want to make myself vomit. That's gross. You know what's more gross? Having your gelatinous, corpulent, six-ton stomach explode blood and pudding and sour cream and chili cheese fries just because you didn't love yourself enough to binge and purge. And especially, why do we have to be fatphobic against other people? Why can't we just accept others by how they are? Why can't we just accept ourselves by how we are, whether we are very skinny, whether we are very fat, whether we are a medium-sized or any size at all. Why do we have to always think about fitting inside clothes and not thinking that clothes should fit us? And I tell you, diet culture. So what can we do remove diet culture from our brains? How can we wake up from this brainwash made by diet culture? The most important thing I can say is questioning everything you have learned that we have learned about diets and body weight. We have to question every single thing that we have been taught in school about scientifically proven facts 
and make our own research about the other side and not only seeing arguments pro, but look at the other side as well. And I'm not saying that the scientific facts that um, are used for diet culture are wrong. I'm saying that they're partially right. And that little partially can make up for a lot of consequences that diet culture has on people. And that is why we need to change, or better, we need to update and improve the sources of information regarding body weight, etc. Also, the media has to start idolizing all bodies and not only a specific type. Diversify the mannequins, diversify the models that wear clothes because clothing in the end is the basis that displays our body shape, etc. So work on clothes the most. You as person, avoid making comments on size, either on others or yourself. This is the hardest one to do because if you've grown up with that mentality, it's freaking impossible to do and change your thought. But, you know, now that you're aware that there is a problem, try to search more information on this and try to at least work on it. Also, importantly, unfollow unrealistic body standards or fat shamers on internet, especially on Instagram. Because they can really induce a lot of negativity and opposite self-love on you. And we want to avoid that if we want to change the world. So unfollow. Or if you don't want to unfollow them, then follow more people who are realistic. So that you have in your feed a mixed source of information and models. So go for that. Then also normalize the word fat as an adjective. So remove the harmfulness that people have imposed onto that word which will help normalize being fat in the first place and will normalize just talking about body positivity. Also understand that body positivity itself is not about setting your worth on what's on your inside. That's a mistake that I did when I went through the phase in brackets. It's not about only focusing your worth onto who you are on the inside. It's about also accepting what's on the outside. It's saying I'm beautiful inside and out no matter of my flaws in brackets so flaws for the ideal beauty and try to accept yourself as you are based on that thought so i'm gonna give you some homework which i normally don't do because i personally hate homework but i'm gonna give it to you because it's important this time number one go in front of the mirror and say three nice things about yourself number two Go into a clothing store and choose a bathing suit that you love, a shape that you love, a color that you love, no matter how you look like, no matter your shape, just choose one that you like. And then when you go to the beach, wear the hell out of it. Wear it as if you're RuPaul on that beautiful stage of Drag Race. Walk down the sand beach like a model, honey, and feel yourself with a little martini in your hand, sunglasses. You do those slow motion movements that are normally movies for idolized bodies. Do that for you, honey. And don't worry about showing your cellulite or your wobbly stomach or anything else that you might think wouldn't be approved by everyone watching. Screw them, honey. It's your body. And you don't need their approval to be beautiful or worth anything because you are beautiful yourself and you know that. You only need to get rid of those ties to diet culture. So remember, 
If you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. Last thing. You're probably saying after hearing all of this, so if we remove diets, we're going to eat forever, don't you think? And we're gonna like keep growing bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until we die. Because even if associated with heart and attack increase and diseases increase, it still is a factor that benefits it, right? It would never come to that. It would never come to the point where you cannot stop eating. That's just, that doesn't happen because your body knows when to stop and adapts easily. The body knows what it wants. It knows what it wants to be healthy. It's the diets that you do and the food programs or whatever recipes that you follow, those are the ones that change the natural course of your body. And it's them who make your body unhealthy in brackets. If you change from that diet culture lifestyle and switch to a natural lifestyle and switch to an intuitive eating program, which is you eat when you know you're hungry, like your body leads you to the fridge if you want to, just the way you actively would do when you're dieting. And if it does come to the point where you cannot stop eating, then you should go to the doctor because then you might have developed either a disorder of some sort. Your body is more smart than you think and uh, you should trust your body. So yeah, I don't think I have left you any choice than to stop dieting. <laughs> But yeah, the recommendation of the week this week is a movie that matches perfectly this week's topic that is called Dumplin'. It's a movie from 2018 directed by Anne Fletcher and it's a movie about an overweight young girl named Willow Dean whose nickname is Dumplin' and she's the daughter of an ex-beauty queen in her town. And this girl, Willow Dean, she decides to participate in the same pageant as her mother won the prize at to prove a point that she as a fat person could challenge the beauty norms and win the pageant. Obviously because uh, the mother was disapproving of her and discriminatory so that is why she started it. And what I love this about this movie is that it starts as a funny comedy but in the end it turns into a significant movie which touches different important topics like gay rights, feminism, but always staying on the topic of body positivity. And it sends out in a huge message of self-love and self-acceptance for girls, women, non-binary people out there who really need it and of all ages because there are so many people from all generations that suffer from body image and that's all because of the bloody diet culture that uh, we need to dismantle. So watch this movie to you know and learn more about this and you know the internet is wide so make your research if you have questions of certain like scientific facts search them the internet has given me a lot of answers when i was looking for some scientific arguments against so go for it and be blown away so we've come to the end of this episode thank you so much for listening i hope you could learn this week about this i have to admit i did not know much about the topic of diet culture i know i have probably forgotten a lot of things to mention in this episode it's just a very complex topic but if you have any questions you can write your questions on twitter 
at overreacting underscore pod. That's my account. You can text me there. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you're having a great day. And yeah, I'll see you next week, same time, same hour. And don't forget, body positivity activists are not overreacting. But diets might. Okay, bye. Bye.